This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Ensure your next purchase is a real deal and shop authentic handbags, watches, sneakers, streetwear and jewellery from eBay, backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm just saying. They have to edit this out. They can edit whatever they want. Eddie listens to this. No, I'm going to say this right to his face. Hey there, listeners, future callers, and cooking enthusiasts. Welcome to Dinner SOS, the show where we help you save dinner or whatever you're cooking. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Today's caller, Eddie, wrote to us from Philadelphia asking for help planning a picnic. But buried deep in his email was a way more interesting confession, a confession we couldn't ignore. I just have a lot of anxiety around working with Doug. Mm. Um, and frankly, just like a lot of embarrassing moments in the kitchen with Doug. <laughs> like, <laughs> I retweet a couple times in the kitchen, actually, where I was making pasta or I tried making non ones. I tried making this other, like, non leavened, flatbread y type thing. I also retweet that. Now, Eddie's feelings about dough are totally understandable. The chemical reactions involved in baking are much more tangible when you're kneading bread than just popping a tray of brownies into the oven. And then there's the recipes themselves. I find that baking recipes tend to ask the reader to like use a lot of their discretion in a way that I'm just not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll be things like, you know, knead the dough until it reaches this consistency or, you know, more or less it's a cup of flour, but maybe you need to add a little more if it's too sticky, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, I hear all that. Baking is tricky. Like it does rely on a slightly different set of skills than a lot of savory cooking does. And all of us, very, very, very much myself included, has been utterly humiliated by dough before. (laughs) Dough, along with dogs and bees, can sense your fear. They've done studies about this. Seriously. Like, the dough knows. And the more you're afraid of it, the more it wants to get in your face and mess with you. Oh, I knew it. Swear to God. No, it's it's a thing. In the case of the pasta, what happened? <laughs> so... Relive the moment for us. <laughs> I've seen videos where people have kneaded their pasta dough and then they form this tight ball. And I can see that it's this really smooth texture on the outside. And I've never achieved that sort of consistency, right? Mm. Like, I feel like I always get these like weird skins or it's just this kind of weird texture to the outside of the what's supposed to be this smooth, tight ball. I also find that when 
I'm trying to run it through the pasta maker, you know, the thing where you kind of thin the pasta dough out yep. and then you run it through to make your linguine or whatever. I find that the dough is like really crumbly and dry yeah. in such a way that it maybe would have been a fine finished product. Like after I had well, it probably and not. everything. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're not even going to be able to get to the point of like being able to shape it, you know, and if you don't have a dough that feels extensible, it's just going to fight you the whole way, I think. Yeah. And not to cut you off, please continue. No, no, that was pretty much the extent of my issue with the pasta that one time. And then in all other cases, like anytime I've seen a pastry recipe that looked really interesting, like a dough recipe that looked really interesting, my fiance's father put me onto a bagel recipe that we actually meet together, but I would just never do any of those things myself. As much as I'm super interested in trying them, I'm just really intimidated. How did the bagels come out? When I made them with her father, like with her father's supervision, they were incredible. Really? Like to this day, the best bagels I've ever had. Oh yeah, they were great. Wow. Can I ask like, I mean, this is probably the most obvious question, but I have to ask it anyway. When you bake, are you using a scale? No, never use the scale. <sighs> Okay, sometimes, sometimes, you know, it's like the obvious question is apparently the right question. And like in, in the case of your pasta, what that is, is that's just under hydrated dough. There's just not enough liquid there, you know. And like this is where I love the way you described the fact of baking recipes relying on the user to determine the endpoints of certain actions, you know, of certain stages of the recipe, and that a lot mm -hmm. of that feels very subjective, and that can only come with experience in that space. Yes, it. I feel so seen right now. Because here's the thing, <laughs> the worst thing that we could do is create different recipes that incorporate different sort of language around these steps and these endpoints. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, in this cake mm. recipe, we want you to touch the top of the cake and see if it springs back under gentle pressure. Oh, in this recipe, we want you to take the temperature of the cake. In this recipe, we want you to use a metal skewer, a wooden skewer, a knife. You know what I mean? Like, it just, the the dumbest little things, like, is the cake done? Like, like this shouldn't <laughs> be this hard. And it's not if you've baked a lot of cakes. <laughs> if you haven't baked a lot of cakes, the one thing that I would hope is that, like, as a brand, you know, or as brands, right, like Bon Appetit and Epicurious, that we're giving you relative consistency in language so that you have multiple ways of assessing what we want that endpoint to be. So to go back to the scale, the reason why a scale is important in baking is that weight is a much more accurate way of determining the correct amount of many dry ingredients as opposed to volume. So chances are you just had too much flour relative to liquid in your pasta recipe, and that's why it was cracking apart on you. Gotcha. And that said, like, you know, was it an egg-based noodle recipe? Like eggs in the well? Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, eggs, even if they're labeled large, eggs can be slightly different sizes. And so like the moisture content might be slightly different, you know, more variables than you think, even with like relatively simple recipes. And so anyway, I'm sort of off on a tangent here, but here's my question for you. 
there's so much we can do to kind of like help you out here. I'm thrilled we're having this conversation. But I'm curious, like, what would be most useful to you in terms of like, what is the type of dough that is something that like you feel like, oh, if you learn how to make it, you will turn to it time and time again, or you have a high probability of really kind of adding it to your arsenal of things you love making? That's a good question. I hadn't considered that before. Um, So when I think about things that I would come back to all the time, it would be something like pasta. Like Mm -hmm. my fiance loves pasta. I love pasta. I'd love to be the kind of guy who before, before he makes a trip to the store to go buy that box of Barilla, he thinks, well, I have, you know, flour and eggs or flour and water, whatever at home. I could just whip this up in no time with like relatively little ease without thinking about it. And that would be great. I'd love to have that in my toolbox. Mm -hmm. I made it a wow that every opportunity that I have, like a public-facing opportunity, I'm going to speak about the scale. Yes. And I do. For Eddie to become the kind of guy who pulls a homemade pasta out of his back pocket, he needs to get hip to using a scale. So I called up a colleague who's been on Team Scale for many years, Shilpa Skokovic. He came in and we were talking about how he feels like his biggest weak spot in the kitchen is working with dough. And of course, what was the first question I asked him? Are you using a scale? I hope that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, and you know what his answer was? <laughs> oh my God, no. yes. Oh my God. Because okay. Shilpa, it's like you think the audience has like come with you on the culinary journey. You feel like they're learning as you say things. Yeah. And yet what you actually find is that you're saying the same thing over and over. And a few people are listening, yeah. but a lot of people aren't. And I'm sorry, Eddie. I'm really sorry to call you out, bud. But we've been banging the scale drum for so friggin' long. Of course you're having problems with your dough. There we go. It's like being married. You know, you say the same thing over and over again. But the message doesn't get the So, you know. We're so mean. When I think of the number of times I made pasta as a kid with my family, because it was like a a cooking project we would do together, Mm -hmm. we would make butternut squash ravioli flavored with amaretto cookie. Wow. And then we would do this brown butter sage sauce over the top. There was tons of Parmesan in it, on it. I swear to God. Wow, that sounds Like, cool. that is, like, one of the most powerful taste memories I'll ever have. But we're not here to talk about me. No, I, you should. We're talking about Eddie and the fact that, like, so we would occasionally have a batch that was like, oh, the pasta is really crumbly. This Like, what's going on? And it's like, well, it's just underhydrated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Come on, eight-year-old Chris. Like, use your noggin here. Wait, would you guys use a scale or no? No. No, then. Yeah. (laughs) No. No, never. (laughs) While I recovered from Shilpa's side-eye at my eight-year-old self's under-hydrated pasta dough, we brainstormed the best recipes for Eddie to practice making pasta with accurate measurements. We'll be back for more of Eddie's pasta journey after the break. I'm Deb Perlman, creator and mastermind behind Smitten Kitchen and the author of three cookbooks. And I'm Kenji Lopez-Alt. You might know me from Serious Eats, The Food Lab, and The Walk. We're both professional home cooks, which means that we create and test recipes obsessing over them until they're just right. 
And on our new podcast, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb, we'll share our techniques and ingredients so that you can learn everything you need to create your own perfect recipes. From Radiotopia, from PRX, it's The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Out now on your favorite podcast platform. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. The next time Shilpa and I got Eddie on the phone, he had a huge life update to share. And Shilpa had more shade to throw. Well, congratulations on getting married, first of all. And second, I'm glad it's kind of changed because we weren't going to answer that question anyway. We weren't going to solve your picnic problem. Let me, let's just put it out there. Shilpa, I haven't even introduced you yet. And you're oh. already jumping in. I had a whole thing planned. Oh, you blew it. You knew I was going to do the special intro. Okay, okay, okay. Eddie Hold can, on. We're going to wind, wind it back. Wind it back. Yeah, Michelle Hold will on. edit this out. Eddie, pretend, pretend nothing. No, I'm oh. just joking. Of course, she's never going to edit oh. that out. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm Eddie. sorry, guys. You guys just cut out for the last 60 seconds. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Eddie, I would like to introduce you to the Maven of Mish, the Princess of Poolish, <laughs> the Baroness of Batter, the Duchess of Doe, the Lord of Levain, the great of Genevieve, Genoese, the badass of Bisqui, the sultan of sponge, the premier of pre-ferment, <laughs> the president of Philo, the Caesar of Hala, and the doyen of Dakwaz, Shopa Skokovic. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Eddie, you just like wandered into a party where everybody is like already drunk. Christopher, I haven't even had a sip of beer. Thank you. That was so good. It's it's an honor. (laughs) That is the nicest thing that you and certainly a lot of other people have done for me. Oh, I'm so delighted. But like, seriously, Eddie, I was so desperate to talk to you about dough. And specifically why you need a scale, regardless of what baking task or this dough-related task. Like, it's not even about baking. It's just working with flour. It's working with dry ingredients Yes. in, you know, larger quantities. And we're getting you back on the pasta horse, okay? By the time we're done, there's two things that are about to happen. Yes. Eddie's going to have a scale. And Eddie yeah. is going to be making more pasta than he ever imagined. More pasta. Nobody, his wife <laughs> without does special not. special equipment. Without special, without even a recipe. No, yeah. No, no, no. He not even, even a recipe. Because recipe. you're going to oh have my. the scale and that's better yes, than, than a, recipe. a recipe. There we go. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just we're, we're about to change scale. your life. You need to sit down. Shilpa, I want you to just take oh. over. <laughs> just, just go. Tell him. Okay. <laughs> First of all. Christopher, I have to say, you did a great job setting Eddie up about, you know, why he needs a scale. And I don't know how much of it you got into it with him, but... We touched on it. Like, okay, you know, depending... When you measure dry ingredients, and I'm not talking about a teaspoon of baking powder, which is, like, pretty bang on. Yeah. But 
when you go in excess of like, let's say like a quarter cup and up, all of a sudden that cup of all-purpose flour, which to me is 125 grams, you're working with like 140, maybe even 150. I've seen differences of as much as 25% depending on how the flour is measured. Is it aerated first? Is it scooped and leveled? Is it spooned into and then leveled? It's just, it's no way to bake. This country got started on the wrong track a long time ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. And it's, just, and it's just, no, and now we have to like undo something, like irreparable basically damage. Even today, somebody internal to the company, nobody you know, but somebody who I'm not going to name was literally sending me pictures of like my recipe for chocolate chip cookies being like, what happened? What went wrong? Is that the first question you, you asked will her? will no longer fear dough. Oh, yeah. yeah. No scale. And that was No the scale. They walk yeah. among us. And <laughs> they do walk <laughs> among us, sadly. Somebody is like, oh, you know, I love to cook, but I'm not really a great baker. And I've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah. And my first question is always, have you used a scale? And 99% of those people who say they aren't great bakers aren't using a scale. It's people who are like, oh, I'm not much of a carpenter. And it's like, do you own a hamber <laughs> and a screwdriver and a framing square? Because if go. you don't, like, maybe that's part of the problem. Exactly. That's a great example. Yeah. Um, no, a scale is going to change your life. Getting a digital scale is just so easy. It's accessible. It's cheap. You don't really have to spend more than, I don't know, about $30 on it. So here's what I want. I here, Like, you talk about whatever recipe you want. Okay. Why is pasta such a great showcase for proving the value of a scale? Because almost all pasta and or like fresh noodles, you can bring it down to one ratio, which is 50% hydration. And when I say something is X percent hydration, it means how much water is there in relation to the flour. So if I say 50% hydration dough, that means there's, let's say, 100 grams of flour and there's 50 grams of water. If it was, say, 70% hydration dough, which is typical for like sourdough bread, for instance, that means there's 100 grams of flour and 70 grams of water. Once you understand this concept of hydration and you get yourself a scale, Boom. it's... Game over. So Game over. You can make pasta. You can make noodles. You can make any damn bread you want once you understand what baker's percentage is. Know how to do the math on that and you're set for life. I cannot speak enough about how important this is as a concept to grasp. And once you understand hydration and then you realize, oh, okay, there are a lot of doughs that are 50% hydration. For instance, bagels, which you don't think are related to noodles, actually, when you break them both down, they come down to a 50% hydration dough. It's just that bagels have other things, you know, like yeast, mm -hmm. a little bit of salt, sugar, etc. But essentially, bagel and noodle have started off at the same base, and then things get added. So you, with a 50% hydration dough, you can now make Italian-style, like, semolina pasta. You know what? I feel like even the when you make with egg yolks, it still works out to about 50% hydration. The yolks count yeah. towards your liquid yeah, 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 yeah. We actually did an amazing fresh noodle package in April. And Eddie, I would really urge you to go look at it. We're going to send you the link. It was a whole package of recipes. And it was all about being able to make your own noodles, fresh noodles at home. And many of the noodles boil down to this simple ratio. And then you could make all these different shapes. We made scissor cut noodles. We made hand pulled noodles. We made hand torn noodles. It was just... It was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah, it's remarkable, like the same dough yeah. 
manipulated in different ways. You know, roll it into sheets, turn it into lasagna, roll it into little cords, cut little nubbins, shape it into an orecchietta against your surface, yep. turn it inside out, boom, that's your little ear, you know. Cut off like little ropes with the scissor and then you, you get like scissor cut noodles. Yeah. So I'm curious what recipe you landed on in terms of what you want to give to him. Because I do think like some of those noodle recipes, like the three cup chicken with scissor cut noodles sure. or the kimchi sujabi, those are great recipes. Yeah. I was thinking about something slightly different, but similar. Hmm. But it's one of your recipes. Oh, what was it? It was the fresh pasta with (gasps) buttered tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. And what I really liked about your recipe, Shilpa in particular, is you don't have any AP flour in there. You're using all semolina flour, so like a more kind of like textured flour. Yeah. But you are doing the hot water treatment, which creates such an easily workable, supple dough. It's just an absolute revelation. And I don't think anybody's going to rage quit on this one. No. Not even Eddie. (laughs) Yeah, Eddie, not even you. (laughs) And listen, Eddie, if all you do is you make the dough, this is one you roll by hand. Like I said, no special equipment. Yeah. You can roll it into these wonderful supple sheets that you then cut into parpadel wide noodles, right? If all you do is boil it and then throw some butter and Parmesan on it, maybe a little sprinkle of black pepper if you're so inclined, I would be happy. Yeah. I'd be so happy for you. And I think you would be happy too. 100%. That's why when you looked at me and you're like, do you have a recipe? I was like, actually, I don't. All I want Eddie to do is make pasta using this ratio and just put Rayo's <laughs> sauce on top. Comes That's the recipe. Prepared to podcast <laughs> recordings. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. So uh, listen, you know, if you want to go with one of those other noodles we mentioned, like the scissor cut noodles that went with three cup chicken, chicken or hand torn noodles, otherwise known as sujabi, with sort of like a wonderful kind of kimchi infused broth that Hannah Asbrink did. Like those are great options as well. How is all of this sounding? I know we're like going a little deep here, but you kind of stepped into something that I think is so important for everyone to understand. I am... I'm I'm like giddy. I'm so excited. Oh. When Eshopo was describing this hydration ratio and how understanding that would unlock a lot of dough making for me and, mm-hmm. and kind of simplify things for me, I'll, I'll say I was kind of shaking. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. That's great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> It's like, and what we want you to understand as well, Eddie, is that it's like to be expected that somebody's going to have a hard time baking without a scale, you know, or like having like massive swings in outcomes when they're not using a scale. Yeah. And the thing about baking with a scale is like it's such an easy way to eliminate a variable. Yeah. Why not just do it? Because there are going to be other variables. Trust me, Eddie. It's like there's going to, it's going to happen nonetheless, you know. Right. Oh, we know. Yeah, like Shilpa knows. <laughs> yeah, every baking recipe, I'm like, this is the last it's one like I'm we're ever going to do. Starting develop. back at square one, you know. But oh like, my God. but but we have to eliminate the variables we can eliminate, and the scale does that with so many things around ingredients. Plus, there's less dishes to wash. Yeah, always a plus in my. Oh, books. I mean, not to mention workflow game change. Just building your dry ingredients into a bowl in subsequent additions. Mm. Measuring something Zeroing like, out the scale between those additions. There we go. Well, Eddie, listen, let us know if you need anything. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I hope that I rise to the occasion. Ooh, 
Yes. We love yes. you already. <laughs> Freaking love it. Well, listen, good luck and cannot wait to hear how it goes, okay? Absolutely, we'll do. Thank you guys so much. This was so lovely. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll find out which noodle recipe Eddie decided to make and how it all went. Hey, listeners, Chris Morocco here. If you find yourself in a dinner crisis, the Epicurious app comes to the rescue. Not only will you unlock over 50,000 recipes from Bon Appetit and Epicurious, but you'll also receive daily personalized recommendations based on your unique preferences and dietary needs. Head to the Apple App Store and download the Epicurious app to kickstart your seven-day free trial today. Don't miss out on this culinary adventure. Start your free trial and let the Epicurious app be your kitchen hero. Happy cooking. Hi, Eddie. Welcome back. Hey, what's going on? How's everything been in Philly? Everything's been good. It's been getting a little cold. That's all right. Sure has. Nothing wrong with that. Tough loss this weekend. This is a sports show now. Sorry. Oh. I didn't I didn't mention to Michelle. Um, I'm, I'm actually a Giants fan. <gasps> yeah. Do not tell anybody from Philly that. Dude, like, I mean, I know we don't have, like, your last name on this thing, but, like, they'll find you. Wait, Christopher, which team do you root for? I don't even root for any of them. But, like, my kids, but it's like being in Philly that's like they put that thing in the water that makes you care about sports. It just seeps into your pores. Mm. It's not a choice. Okay. Very diplomatic answer, I have to say. You answered it without answering the question. Yeah. But But Eddie's a wild one. I mean, I I don't know. Like, you are a stranger in a strange land. I, I also don't really watch the NFL either. I just like antagonizing Philly sports fans. That's really what it is. <laughs> Fair. Well, there's a lot of them to antagonize. <laughs> so, Eddie, sounds like we have a reveal tape of the noodles you chose. Michelle, do you want to play that for us? I decided to go with the fresh pasta with buttered tomato sauce. I got my semolina flour, got my kitchen scale. I am feeling excited. I'm also feeling confident. Got a lot of faith in the kitchen scale. I got a lot of faith in... This hydration ratio, which feels like some sort of kitchen life hack. So I'm feeling good. I'm excited to see how it goes. Jake, did you peep the quality I was on just that audio say, recording? 1010 for the podcast. What is happening? <laughs> That's like audiobook quality voice right there. You have wow. an alternative career right there. Well, okay. I mean, there's a reveal there, but there's a bigger story happening now. You know, we're way past noodles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. To the Duchess of Dough, can you walk us through your recipe for fresh pasta with buttered tomatoes? (laughs) Okay, yes. To make the pasta, you mix 300 grams of semolina flour with 150 grams, so 50%, of just boiled water. And you mix until the flour is moistened and pebbly. Then you knead the dough in the bowl for about three minutes until it becomes smooth and cohesive. You put it in a resealable plastic bag and let it rest for anywhere between one to four hours. And then when it's rested, you roll the dough out nice and thin and cut it into long ribbons. The sauce comes together with olive oil, garlic cloves, red pepper flakes, cherry tomatoes, butter, parm, and basil. And 
The finishing touch is a dash of fish sauce that really wakes everything up. Toss the pasta in the sauce, add more basil and parm, and there you have it. Wait, okay, so so you made them, but how did it go? It went great. I was shocked. First of all, the texture on the dough was phenomenal. It felt like, I don't want to say it was glass smooth, but it was just like really smooth. It didn't I think feel like you just this- did. <laughs> <laughs> It was. It just didn't have this like nasty skin that I have sometimes had when I've made pasta in the past. Even like the process of making the dough, I was like, yeah, this ball of dough is noticeably smoother. It went really smooth. I was really pleased. Wow. That's awesome. I'm yeah. so glad to hear that. And I mean, okay, so like there's a few things happening in that recipe. You know, there's the fact that you're using the hot water, right? You're nailing mm-hmm. the hydration. Yeah. And you use the scale. Yes. Did you feel, I mean, it's like, it's hard to say which one of those things really made the key difference from what you were doing before. But I mean, I guess it's probably all those things, right? All of those things, yeah. I think a lot of it had to also do with the confidence that I went into it with. Between you guys extolling the virtues of a scale and Chopa sharing with me the wisdom of hydration ratios, I just felt so confident. And I was just like, yeah, like this, I'm going to crush this. This is going to go great. And I think some of it was just like patience. Like I didn't freak out as I was kneading the dough and, you know, it wasn't immediately the texture it needed to be. So, but you're right. I think it's a lot of things and all the things and maybe some intangibles. That nice. was an unexpected but such an amazing answer. Wow. Confidence. The confidence. <laughs> wow. That's, I'm loving this episode. That's fantastic. I, honestly, that's mind blowing to well, I think there's, say that. There's two major things that yeah. I think like bringing that confidence is key. One is making the dough. Two Mm. is rolling out the dough. Mm. And how is that for you, Eddie? You know what? Now that we're talking about it, that could have been better. Okay. I don't think I rolled it out enough. Um, As my wife and I were eating it, uh, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's like twice as thick as it should be. I guess like I'm, I'm just a really bad judge of space distance, weight, that kind of thing. So if someone would be like, hey, how tall is that guy? I might say, I don't know, anywhere between four and eight feet. Um, (laughs) And so when trying to determine like the right thickness of the noodle, I think I just really, really underestimated like how thick it was. Okay. Yeah, that's that's something that's very easy to do. That's why I always like to give, like in recipes, I like to specify thickness in terms of everyday objects. Like, and I always... What would you have said? I would have said like the thickness of like, I don't know, like a one cent like a, a dime or whatever mm. Whoa, is it a cent or is it a dime i don't know i forgot the american currency stuff <laughs> <laughs> whatever's the thinnest <laughs> the thickness of a kennedy dollar yeah that one <laughs> um no that's it's true i mean yeah. and and some of that also just comes with experience and then some of it also comes down to eddie you know like what your work surface is like, how broad a surface, how deep a surface. You know, there's a certain point at which like you've got, you know, a decent bit of dough, which is going to cover a fair amount of real estate. Yes, but I'm wondering where you're going. Meaning like not everybody has like a perfect pasta grand, four foot by four foot, perfectly like lacquered, slightly textured wood surface, right? I mean, like, (laughs) Eddie, do you even own a rolling pin? I do. Okay. Well, there you go. This is a confident man. He's coming in telling us all these things and you're like, do you have a rolling pin? I'm just, I'm just (laughs) Listen to his voice. Of course he has a rolling pin. I'm just the boxes. No, you've, uh, you've never like been at your friend's party and they're like, 
well, we're having trouble rolling out the fill in the blank. And you're like, well, what's the issue? And they're like, well, we don't have a rolling pen. And there you are with a wine bottle. Oh, I hate that. You know, that. on a Saturday night trying to mm. roll out somebody else's freaking cookies. Have you ever done that? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to like, you know, know understand like where the stress points might have been. I agree that you could have got the thickness wrong, but then do you feel you could have cooked it longer when it was in the boiling water? I think I aired on, or, or I think the recipe said to boil them for about a minute. Yeah. And I think I probably had them in there for two. Mm-mm-mm. And despite that, it, it didn't come out, you know, mushy or anything. It was mm-hmm. still actually very chewy. Mm-hmm. Again, probably because the thickness was just way too much. Mm-mm-mm. Mm, okay. How was the finishing treatment, like the tomato sauce? Oh my gosh, that was, Shilpa, this was your recipe, right? Yes. (laughs) Okay, this is not at all meant to offend in any way, but I was like blown away. I just didn't expect it to be such a bold flavor. It was delicious. I expected it to be kind of mild, soft-mannered. Sure. But it was just like, boom, in your face, explosive and delicious. It was so good. Wow, great. You're speechless Amazing. at all. Yeah. Um, did you put the fish sauce in the end, the Italian fish sauce? I did. I didn't have Italian fish sauce, but sure. I did put the fish sauce. But, yeah. yeah. I, I, think that's, wow. I think that's what makes a big difference. As you said, it is a very mild and gentle sauce. I forgot then, that was in there. Yeah. It, there's a little splash right in the very end. Wow. And, and it really brings everything together. Did and I, I think know it, it was in there? <laughs> did you mention it was in there? Yes, of course. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> Well, so what is next? What like where are we going from here, Eddie? Funny you should ask. So I was invited to a Hanukkah dinner this Saturday. So I'm gonna try making a challah bread t- tomorrow. Great. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna try making it tomorrow. If it goes well, I'll I'll try making it on Saturday. Wow, a dry run. Bravo. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Well, that's great. I mean, listen, that's a big jump up in terms of a yeasted enriched bread dough and the braiding. You're really, you're going for it. I really wish you all the success. Yeah. I mean, bread baking is, it's very rewarding. And actually, it's one of the few things, I think if you start your baking journey, you should start with bread more so than cakes or cookies. Mm. Bread is so easy to master. Mm. It's forgiving. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Eddie, thank you so much for taking this dough journey with us. It sounds like you are off and running. If we can ever do anything for you, please reach out, okay? Will do, and I really appreciate it. You guys are wonderful. This is like a wonderful experience. Thank you, guys. If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at bonappetit.com or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. We'd love to feature your question on the show. You can find the recipes mentioned on today's episode, fresh pasta with buttered tomatoes, three-cup chicken with scissor-cut noodles, and spicy kimchi sujebi on the Epicurious app brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to Dinner SOS. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Shilpa Skokovich. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Jordan Bell is our executive producer. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Cameron Foose is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Thanks to Gabe Caroga for engineering help. Amar Lal makes this episode. Next time on Dinner SOS... 
Toby called us with a question I can honestly say we've never gotten before. My partner, Kyle, is a successful hunter and fisherman. And now we have 90 pounds of moose meat and I'm not really sure what to do with it. There's a resonance to your voice, man. It's like real good. (laughs) What equipment were you using to record that? I recorded that under the blankets uh, on my bed. (laughs) (laughs) This is Jake's finest moment. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. Did you know that kids eat 1,095 meals every year each? Not even counting snacks. Honestly, being responsible for all those meals kind of sucks sometimes. But we've found a resource that actually helps and is funny too. Didn't I Just Feed You is a weekly podcast about feeding families hosted by two longtime food professionals, Stacey Billis and Megan Splawn. These ladies are not afraid to be candid and get real because as working moms, they know how hard it is to feed a family night after night. They joined me on an episode of Dinner SOS but their show covers this topic week after week. From how to turn nachos into a legit family dinner to the magic of meatballs, solving the after-school snack problem to the mental load of being the family cook, they talk about it all, offering shortcuts, pro tips, techniques, and recipes along the way. Find Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. New episodes publish every Monday. You can also find Stacy and Megan on Instagram as at didn't I just feed you.